We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This episode is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. This is the third and final episode we are doing at Pelican as part of a partnership between us and them. We are at the Cannon Beach location for the final episode. Coming up now, enjoy. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we are concluding our three-part partnership series with Pelican Brewing today. And we are at another location. We've done the first two episodes in Tillamook. We are in Cannon Beach for our final episode. And I absolutely love this location. Cannon Beach is is my coast town here. It's the one that I go to the most frequently. And I'm, I'm sure that makes me sound very uh, common because a lot of people pick Cannon Beach. But uh, I, I went to this Pelican within like months of them opening just because I had been here. And uh, it's an awesome building. It's an awesome location. And uh, the only negative, I guess, is it's not right on the beach like the one in Pacific City. But you are a short walk away anyway. So that is where we are for our final episode here. And it is 57 degrees and could rain at any moment. Yes, it's foggy and cloudy. And I wore shorts and a T-shirt because we came from Portland, which is predicted to be 88 today. And, and so did uh, I. And I, I'm like tempted to go buy a sweatshirt off the wall <laughs> just to wear something. I'm like freezing and I don't know what it is. I'm like so cold right now. Well, I think you just run cold, Patrick. We, we discovered that on the car ride out. <laughs> yeah, that I run cold. So I... We had the air on for a little bit, and then you were like, man, I'm so, so cold, i got to turn it off. I was like, okay. And the entire right side of the car in the passenger seat where I was sitting, the windows, including the windshield, completely fogged up. <laughs> Your side of the car, totally normal. We're clean over here, baby. So I, I, just ru- I had coffee with me, too, but I just run very, very hot all the time. And I think you just run cold all the time. Yeah, and I also tend to drive with the window down a little bit, mm-hmm. but I didn't. Because it's cold, baby. I'm <laughs> it, cold. It is always crazy, and it's also it's we're here early in the morning. Yeah, um, you get here in the morning. It's always got the marine layer. It's always foggy and cloudy, and you could drive like twenty minutes inland, and it's like, oh, there's the sun. Yeah, there's the sky. And we like drove through downtown, and I'm look downtown Cannon Beach, and I'm looking around, and everybody looks just like hungover. <laughs> like everybody's like, oh god, why am I up? Where the hell's my coffee? Yeah, and then it's like the coffee shop's not open yet, and you're like, <laughs> people are just like wandering around. Yeah, we found out the coffee uh, shop. The coffee shops in town don't open until 8 o'clock. Well, and the one down here isn't even open today. 
Oh, yeah. He said close Wednesday, That's Thursday. Right. Today That's is right. Thursday. Uh, so you can find this podcast most places you can find podcasts. You can find it on the Odyssey app, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Omni Stitcher, TennyToTheFan.com. You can find us on social media. Instagram.com slash Beers on Us is our main hub. That's where we are most active. We are on Twitter at Beers on Us Pod, and we're at Facebook.com slash Beers on Us as well. And uh, like, subscribe, rate, review, download wherever you find us. It helps us out quite a bit. And uh, our personal pages. I am at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick is at PD085 on both Twitter and Instagram. So, before we get into the Pelican stuff today, we'll be sitting down with Corin Trad, who is the brewer up here at Cannon Beach. And uh, we'll be talking about their HEF, which they are releasing this month. But uh, in terms of our week in beer, mine wasn't anything spectacular. I went over to the Von Ebert by Design Pizza, which is over by me now in Cedar Mill and Beaverton, and uh, I had their Hellas, which was really, really good. Uh, normally, not something I would just choose to drink, but I was looking up at their little menu of beers, and I was like, you know what sounds good? Because it was hot, and we were sitting out outside. I was like, Hellas sounds like it'd be really refreshing right now. Do they call that decocted Hellas? That they do. Is that the name of it? That I don't think do. I've had that yet, which is surprising. Because it is surprising. Because I love that style, and I love I love that team over there. It's you, and <clears throat> it's me, and yeah. I'm the one who had the Hellas first. I know. What? And I like that whole crew over there. Those guys are awesome. Uh, also, they updated their outdoor seating there, so I don't know if it was just like they were waiting because they were new and opening. Or if it was because of COVID, but they just had like a couple of small like picnicy table, like not picnic tables, like uh, outdoor backyard tables, yeah, with chairs like you would have in your backyard. We went this time, and they had like ten to fifteen literal brand new picnic tables outside, and then their indoor seating was open as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, much nicer place to sit. Like, nice. uh, I mean, it wasn't uncomfortable before, but this was just like, yeah, I like this a lot. I and think the pizza I know. there actually. They're pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. And you're a pizza snob, too. Yeah. I, 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 I enjoyed it. I had the hail before. I added some red onions to it, so it was basically like a meat lovers with onions. Yeah. It was pretty good pizza. Okay. Look at that. Yeah. You like pizza in Portland. <laughs> yes. I have never said I didn't <laughs> like pizza in Portland. I just said the pizza here isn't as good as where I'm from. That's all. Yeah, because it's not thin and greasy and cheap. It's not thin. What? <laughs> no. God. You have no idea what kind of pizza I grew up eating. Come on, I man. I set you off. Yeah, you did. Uh, uh, in <clears> terms <throat> of the other beers that I had, I forgot to post a picture of it, but um, I tried uh, Animal Cookies from Block 15, which I believe is the first time I've ever had that beer. Uh, you've talked about it before, and every time I thought it was out, I could never find it because I think it's a really popular release. Yeah, and it's a really – I feel like it's one of their smaller runs. So I went to Market of Choice, and it was the last one on the shelf, Ooh. and it still said new product. Just a four-pack or just a no, single can? single can. Oh, wow. So it was the last one, and I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. It was more of a hazy this year than a Block 15 hazy. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what to expect. It just says IPA on the can. It doesn't say hazy or anything. It's just IPA. Damn it. But – uh, it was a bit more of a hazy, but it was it was an enjoyable hazy. It was one that yeah. I enjoyed, and uh, I thought I, I could see why people like that seasonal IPA from Pelican. And then I also had the um, the double IPA punk rock time, louder, louder, more yeah. punk rock, whatever it's called, something like the that. can art is nuts. Those it's, guys are weird over there, man. That's <laughs> so strange. Those guys are so strange yeah. over there. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> drink? Can you guys drink? Yeah, I'm not into that. Is it is it nine twenty two in the morning? Are you guys drinking yet? I'm drinking. I got a dry hopped lager in front of me. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee. Uh, we'll be drinking something else tomorrow. There. Yeah. I guess that's the other news before we get into your week of beers and before we get into the Pelican episode. Is tomorrow we'll be going out to Barrelick to brew the second beer of the week. Mm-hmm. It did get pushed back. It was supposed to be last week that that happened. And actually, neither of us were going to be able to go. So it's actually a good thing it got pushed back because now we can actually go out there tomorrow morning and. Uh, 
yeah, we're going to be doing hot toddies, I guess. And Well, they call them hot scotchies. So I've seen a brew a thousand times, but apparently these guys in the morning, when they're brewing, they mix fresh hot wort with scotch and drink it in the morning. And I'm looking over at Corn, and he's like, oh, yeah, he knows what's going on. <laughs> and I have never seen this. Um, I don't think uh, in my time with Mr. Edmonds that it was uh, okay to be drinking scotch in the morning or at every brew when there's five <laughs> turns a day. Well, to, <laughs> tomorrow that is something we will be doing. So I get to experience that tomorrow, and, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited. It's something, something new for me. And uh, so that is uh, being the brew process starts for that tomorrow. It is the Parallel Dimension Beer of the Week. Bizarro. And uh, we'll be probably releasing that by the end of the month or so. So yeah, hoping, we'll keep updating you as we have more information. Yeah, again, hoping to have that party on August 26th at the Pie Hall. Which is a Thursday. Thursday. Okay. And then uh, what about your week in beer? My week in beer. Well, I did a little rafting. And so I drank. Boy, I watched like six people go through three six-packs of Bowie Check Pilsner in like a day and a half. It was so wild. Eight, six people drank 18 beers. Yeah. And it was like. That's it, not that much. Well, I know, but it was crazy that because we had a bunch of different other beers. <laughs> That's we had like a bunch, three beers per person. I know, but we had a bunch of different other beers. But uh, everybody was like, I want the buoy. Can I get a buoy? Can I get the buoy? Can I get the buoy? And so I mean, Did you I, try it? Well, yeah, yeah, I tried it, but I just. Was it tasting good? Yeah, it tasted good, but I was drinking like Freem Pilsner and Sun River Ripping, you know? I'm, I was like, I'm like camping. Well, it's more for you then. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like rafting, so I'm, I'm buying the beer that I want. And then my buddy Eddie was like, make sure you get some of that. Like, I really, we really like Migration uh, Proper Pilsner and Bowie Czech Pilsner. So they like make the sure to get some yeah. of that. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I got some little stuff for me. <laughs> and they were like, I don't know what that is, so I'm not going to drink it. And I was like, oh, okay. Sucks for you. Uh, I guess I'll just give you guys the Bowie Check Pilsner. <laughs> uh, so I got some of that, and I drank some Rippin' and um, something else that I brought that I can't remember what it was. Patio Pale from Migration, maybe. Anyway, uh, I've been crushing Shocker to No Shock. I've been crushing a lot of Japanese lagers lately. I've had a bunch of Freem Japanese lager. Lately, and I've had a bunch of ferment Hana pills lately, um, which I'm really into. I don't know what it is. It's that rice. We've talked about this in the past, Mike, but for me, I love the rice. Yes, you do. Just I'm, lighten, I'm starting. Just lightens the body, and I'm really into it. The more that I've had it, I'm starting to appreciate the style of beer more. I still don't know if I'm going to choose it uh-huh. a lot, but if it's put in front of me, it's not something that I'm going to be like, God oh, damn, a rice mm-hmm. lager. I'll be like, oh, maybe this will be a good rice lager. Yeah, well, I t- didn't we have one like a week ago or two ago that I was like, I this is a rice lager that I really appreciate. Yeah, I don't. We don't have the wall in front of us. That's true. So I don't. Yes. I can't. I can't <laughs> reference. Um, and then you know, as far as that, I've I took home a four pack of my Thai PA from Alvarado Street. It was tasting excellent. Um, that beer is really great. And I have a cocoa cow s'mores and a cocoa cow cherry vanilla in the fridge right now mm. that i'm going to get to at some point you got to have the cherry vanilla that's the one i talked about yeah. last week that and was I, that was I really saw, interesting and i saw this and i saw the s'mores one and i hadn't had s'mores yet either i have not seen that one so i wanted to give i want to give both those a shot so they are in the fridge there you go oh and then at work i got to i always forget how much i enjoyed this when i was at breakside at work, I've been tasting through all of the Grains of Wrath GABF batches mm. of all the different stuff of like Hellas, Italian Pilsner, Vienna Lager, 
Um, Built Ameri- for speed Ameri- we Ameri- had yesterday. Yeah, American Dry Hop Stout, and then the most hoppy beers you can decide. They are entering, I guess I can say we, we are entering a beer into experimental IPA category called Quaffin Hard, and it is a frozen double IPA. Whoa. So the boys took Ticklish Warrior, which is a session IPA. I don't know if I can legally say this. And then froze it, and then, because not all alcohol freezes, but there's a decent amount of water in beer. And so what doesn't that jacks freeze, the ABV up, what yeah. doesn't freeze, you pull out, and it's like highly concentrated beer. You know what that is? Frozen distillation. That's Natty Ice. Yes. That's Keystone Ice, which is now gone forever, by the way. And it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see, um, by the way, quickly before we, we move on, that, uh, oh, my God. Um, what's the name of the beer? It's, I'm not from here, so it's hard for me to remember. Henry Weinhardt's. Henry Weinhardt's going, is going away. R.I.P. Did you used to drink that growing up? Oh, for sure. That was the, uh, that was the, the, the fancy that was the fancy micro brew. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. remember the only thing I know from that is I remember there's an old black and white picture from uh, the original like Portland Mavericks team, and the massive advertisement either above the center field wall or on the wall mm-hmm. was Henry Weinhardt's. Yep. and I was like, "What's that?" And everyone's like, "What's that?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I didn't grow up here. I don't know. That beer didn't make it across the country where I'm from." <laughs> yeah, we found out that they're discontinuing a bunch of stuff, including malt liquor. Yeah, which le- led me to text Kevin Davey, friend of the show. We were texting back and forth. I was giving him crap. Said Miller Coors is discontinuing Steel Reserve and Mickey's Ice, so it looks to me like the homeless will only be drinking Red Fang from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were laughing and getting a good kick out of that there we go all right well there's our week in beer let's take a quick break coming up next we will be joined by corin trad and he we will talk about uh what's going on here at pelican for the final time this summer this is beers on us with mike lynch patrick harris here's to the journey up an estuary over a dune or down a road less traveled hi we're pelican brewing and we've veered off the hop trail to explore the wonders of wheat Introducing Head Out American Hefeweizen. With notes of melon, spice, and a crisp wheat finish, there's a new aha around every corner. Head Out Hef. It's a Pacific Coast thing. If you don't go, you'll never know. Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the beach. All right, it's interview portion time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. We are sitting down with Corin Trad, who I hear is the mayor of Cannon Beach. <laughs> Something like that. And also the R&D brewer here at Pelican. You can't, be, you can't be the mayor if you don't live in Cannon Beach. <laughs> that's true. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's what I, Alex, the marketing gal, said. She, he's basically the mayor here. I think I, like, I, I, wa- I, I keep threatening people that I'm going to run for the mayor of Camas, but I live in North Portland, and I don't think it's going to go over very well. <laughs> bit of a stretch. Yeah, a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Maybe mayor of this little block here. Yes. How about that? Yes. Well, okay, I'll take that. So All the right. mayor of this little block of Cannon Beach. But <laughs> you said this before we, we jumped on recording. I was like, how long has this place been open? Like two years now, three years? And you're like, no, five. It's amazing how fast time flies. Because I, I, I'm a Cannon Beach regular. This is my like main coast town that I come to uh, when, I, when I take a coast trip in the summer. And I've, I've been here every time I've come to Cannon Beach since I've been here. But it just doesn't feel like five years. It's, it's amazing how fast that time has flown. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, it was 2016 we opened, and it took a little bit to kind of get our feet under us. And then, uh, man, and then it just, it just goes, like you said, it just, man, that snowball goes, and it just speeds up. And how long have you been here? 
I've been up in Cannon Beach, man. This will uh, this will be my fourth summer. This will be like okay. four years up here. Before is that, that. How we measure things on the coast? Summers. Summers. Yeah. Well, that was when I started. In my oh, okay. Mind, so okay. I'm like, mm. all right. Uh, before that, I was in Tillamook for a few years doing production. Started a packaging line, all that kind of stuff. So you've been and with so, Pelican for a while now. Yeah, I started. I started in our the PC location. Wow. There was no Tillamook at that time. So you have brewed at all three locations. I have. How many people can say have done that? I. I don't know. Maybe a handful. Just a maybe. handful. Yeah, and now that brewing system is going to go into our new pub, so you, people can't even brew in PC right now. So there you go. You've so, cornered the market. Yeah, you're an OG. <laughs> okay, that's interesting though. So you've been here for a very long time. In your mind, what is like the one biggest difference and the one biggest similarity since when you started? Uh, like the company or yeah, like just, beer industry? just as Pelican as a whole. Yeah, Pelican as a whole, man. Uh, Differences is obviously like we have multiple locations, the, the size of the overall company, and we've added hotel, we've added restaurants, we've added all that kind of stuff. And so the size of the entity has grown a lot outside of just this little brew pub that sleepy little town of PC back in the day, people would line up for Mother of All Storms and, you know, it was like people like hardcore beer people would go there. And we get a little bit of that now still, but there's still a lot more broader diverse people that come in people are just in town like oh pelican never heard of you guys i'm from colorado mm-hmm. you guys make beer and you're like we do <laughs> <laughs> or it's like that. hey pelican i've seen you on shelves before right i yeah. recognize you exactly <laughs> um so there's a lot of differences similarities is you know we're still we have a lot of still the same core of people you know darren's still at the helm overseeing all brewing stuff um we have a lot of still the same people on the restaurant side um and so it's constantly trying to make these you know beers pelican you know clean drinkable uh year-round beers that people can like and so there's similarities in that and obviously we got a different a little bit trying to stay relevant and be with the industry you know like you you can't just make amber ales all year long and have a bunch of casks on the bar because that's not as cool as that would be it's not like the (laughs) the driver of sales anymore so um but yeah, the company's come a long way, and it still feels very like homey in a sense, just because you know all the same people. Yeah. If I never see a cask on a bar again, that would be awesome. <laughs> no, I, not I, a cask no, guy. No, not at all. <laughs> not a cask guy. I love CO two. I don't like nitro. Um, I'm, I'm I'm yelling at clouds, man. I'm yelling at clouds. <laughs> well, don't we don't want, have any casks, so I you're you're in luck. I don't want warm flat beer, and I don't want cold flat beer. Like whichever way you want to give it to me, I'm not into. I like bubbles. You like the bubbles. He's, like the he's bubbles. a very particular person. He has, he has things he likes. He's very picky and choosy. We like to make fun of him for it. Yes. <laughs> likes yes. his beer cold and with bubbles. Yes. yes. Got it. I, is that too much to ask? It's not. It's not. I feel like we've been working so long to get it clear, cold, and with bubbles. <laughs> Why are we going backwards? <laughs> because some people like nitro, man. I like nitro stouts. And some people like not seeing through their beer. I'm so confused by it all. <laughs> so confused by it all. Uh, so, so we are here today for the Hef that is being released called Head Out Hef of Eisen. Um, apparently, you guys are also partnering with Trail Keepers of Oregon on that to uh, uh, give back to the trails in, in the area and on the coast and, you know, make sure that they're still kept up and all that kind of stuff. Beer-wise, at least, before we get into that side stuff, what is the Hef tasting like? Are you guys trying to follow a classic Hefeweizen recipe? I've seen a lot of breweries recently are doing more kind of interesting little side takes on a Hef just to be a little bit different. What kind of recipe are you guys following for that? Yeah, so basically, 
how it came about was like we just listened to enough people that said, hey, man, I want a Hef. You know, like we have these brew pubs and we get a lot of people come in and we try and, and, and listen as much as we can. And it was just like after so long of people going, man, I really like a Hef. Man, I really like a Hef. And we're like, may, you know, maybe we should make, <laughs> maybe we should make one of these Hefs. Um, but it's just a hard style because Widmer has such a corner on that market for so right. long that people think, I want a Hef, I want a Widmer. Like, yeah. that's what they want. Right. And, and one would argue that's <laughs> not a Hef. Right. It's right. the American style. It's American style it's American Hef. American Hef. So yeah. that's what we kind of uh, went for it as well as far as that American style because mm-hmm. uh, a traditional Bavarian Hef or, or German Hef, it, you're going to have more spicy clove character. You're going to have more banana esters, that so kind of thing. So much yeast-driven. A lot more yeast-driven stuff. And for the most part, at least in our neck of the woods, um, American drinkers aren't really down with that. Um, yeah, they usually think something's wrong with it. They're like, something's answer, wrong yeah, with this it beer. It tastes like bananas and cloves. And right. like, thank you. <laughs> right. They're like, no, I said banana and cloves. Yeah, you're like, you're I know, like, yeah, that's, that's good. that's what we're going for. Uh, so we wanted to, to kind of, you know, give somebody that they, something that they want, you know. So we, we took that American-style half and we're like, well, how can we add some of these flavors and kind of uh, brighten it up a little bit, you know. So we have, obviously, a big wheat malt base to it. Uh, we also use Ella hops, which aren't like a traditional hop that you would use it's an australian variety that we used to use in an ipa called umbrella which we don't oh, make anymore oh, i remember that beer yeah, yeah. it's a good beer so we um that brand has been sunsetted so to speak so we had these hops and we're like god you know some of the flavors we want really ties into this hop and so we started doing some trial batches and putting the l hop in and thought it gave us really good like melon character mm. and some really cool kind of bright fruitiness and so we're like all right well let's let's try it with that and um, people really kind of globbed onto it, really liked it because they're like, "Yeah, this is this is a half I want." You know, it looks hazy. It look it looks like a half, um, but it has this kind of melon citrusy character, and it's not all clovey. Walk me through that process when you're when you're trialing. Did you know how? Where do you do it? Do you prefer to do it here? Do you prefer? Would you have used to have done it at Pacific City? How many batches? Walk me through that process when you're at the creation table to the actual brew day to the finished product? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. So like, as far as ingredients go, we try and get, uh, I think Darren probably touched on this, how we kind of go about designing beers, but we go more about <clears throat> what we want at the end and then we kind of work backwards. So for the Hef, we're like, we weren't tied down to, we have to use this hop because that hop is used in Hefs. Right. We're like, we want these flavors. What hop can give us those? No matter what the variety is. Um, so we started doing that. I think these trial batches were at that time out of Pacific City. Um, and now I kind of do all of them up here, but it's really kind of a team effort. We identify the markers that we want to hit. And we're like, all right, well, this probably looks like a good mock-up recipe. We kind of review it again, and then we, we fire off a trial batch. And before we put it on tap anywhere, we assess it in our meetings, you know, uh, the R&D group and kind of larger group after that and kind of see, like, are we on the right track? Sensory panel, tasting yeah. panel, whatever Are we you off the mark? It. We do a little, um, you know, benchmarking. We'll get, you know, some, some other American-style hefts in and kind of match them up and see where we're at. It's like, okay, well, we could use a little bit more of this. And so I think for this round, it took uh, two or three trials. You know, and sometimes it takes okay. more. And sometimes you do one, you're like, boom, got it. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that is tribute to, like, the, the work we do beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of dial in ingredients process before we file a trial, fire a trial batch, because 
we don't want to just make a bunch of beer and then dump it. So right. We want to make the closest iteration we can to start with. Still got to sell it. We still got to sell it. <laughs> you know, so we're like, ah, oh, this probably won't work, but let's do it anyway. And yeah. you're like, well, we don't have a one barrel system, a three right. barrel system. Like, we have 10 here, and that's the smallest we have. So it has to be drinkable. It has to be drinkable. <clears throat> like I always like to say, we're in the business of selling beer. We're not in the business of not selling beer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's exactly it. Um, and so the Hef, yeah, that, that was kind of the journey of the Hef. It took a couple rounds. We, I think we got we lowered the ABV a little bit. Okay. So this is just under 5% because we wanted that, like, super good, crushable Hef. sit at the beach all day and slam beers. Yeah. I mean, right? Which is why session IPAs should be the king of all kings. And they're not because somebody doesn't like the word session, and right. I hate everyone for it. Patrick, you're, you're on your soapbox a lot. Today, I am man. today. It's because it's early in the morning, and I'm cold, so, <laughs> and I'm hungover. So is this have something that you guys are going to keep seasonal, or are you thinking maybe this could become a year-round beer? Because, you know, you mentioned everyone comes and asks for a half. What are they thinking of? They're thinking of Widmer. Uh, I mean, to be frank, at least in my opinion, I feel like the Widmer brand is slowly fading as uh, especially in the Portland area because all these other beers have come in and Widmer's kind of gone to the background a little bit. Yes, that beer is a classic, but it, it almost feels like a, an opportunity to kind of slide into the market and be like, hey, look, we make a half too, but like we're still making other beers that go out on the shelves. Is it, are you thinking year-round or is it just purely seasonal right now? Um, we're thinking year-round. Yeah, um, it's just, um, I just think it's an, an appealing beer to have year-round. Sometimes yeah. in October where it's not full-on winter yet, like you still want a little bit of, a little bit of, like, flashback of summer. You're yeah. like, oh, this kind of bright, citrusy half, cool. Crushable is crushable. Right. Like, I want to crush beers all year round. Right. So. I mean, I'm definitely excited for, like, you know, the fall in a few months and a little bit more malt-forward beers and a little bit of that kind of stuff. But um, I agree. I mean, crushable is crushable, right? Yeah. Can we get some, like, crushable 12-ounce cans of Dunkel or something? <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Some Schwarz beer. You, you and know? your soapboxes, man. <laughs> Am I really on a soapbox? I'm, I just, feel like, like you're... I'm just, like, pipe dreaming right now. <laughs> I feel like each time it's like, yeah, we need more of this. I've been saying this for years. <laughs> <laughs> then you're just trying to seed, seed ideas for yeah. me up here. You're like, hey, man, if you did one of those, uh, wink, wink, I would come back over here. I thought I, thought I was on my own <laughs> island because I love the Hellas style. Like, of lagers yeah. for me, Hellas and Vienna is where I live. That's great. And uh, I always thought Hellas was weird because, like, nobody liked it, and I never understood. But I was like, oh, I like it, so when I find one, I'll find one. And now you can't throw a rock without running right. into someone making a Hellas. Everybody say, did you say Hellas? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got three. <laughs> I got three. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Uh, I want to ask you, I want to kind of nerd out with you a little bit on just being an R&D brewer in general. Um, what your excitements are about it, what your challenges are with it, how long, frankly, did it take you to get used to this system? Coming from production, just walk me through a little bit of the life of R and D, the struggles, the challenges, yeah. the excitement. Man, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot there. Because yeah. um. honestly, <laughs> when you step back, I mean, every a, a lot of the world thinks that being a brewer is a really sexy job. When in the reality is, <laughs> it's it's a hardworking, blue collar, custodial at most times kind of a grind. Yeah. But R and D to me has always been like the true sexy. Because sure, you still have to be, you still have to be clean. You're still lugging bags of malt. Mm-hmm. You're still, you're still working hard, like like any cellarman or any brew, brew deck hand would do. But you get that excitement, that flexibility a little bit. So yeah, it always gets me going. Absolutely. Um, it's funny you mentioned the custodian thing because when sometimes people aren't familiar with brewing industry or mm-hmm. family members from out of state or something, and they're like, oh, you know, how's how's it like being a brewer? 
I'm like, it's, I say, like, it's kind of like being an industrial janitor that makes booze. Yeah, yeah. Um, 90% of the time I that's, clean. That's kind of what it 10% is. 90% of the you know? time we get drunk. It's not all like perfect shots through the light of you <laughs> yeah. looking through a glass. Um, as much as, you know, people would like to, to believe. But uh, RD Brewers, it definitely took me a little while to get used to being from, like, when I started in Pacific City, I was just like, uh, just general grunt labor dude, like mm. washing kegs, scrubbing floors. We were self-distributing, so I'd drive a truck to Salem to drop off uh, bottles that we had written the date on the cap <laughs> as our date code. <laughs> so if it was bottled in July, we wrote seven on a bunch of caps the day before. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so I did a lot of that uh, and just seeing, like, everything that goes into it. And then mm. I kind of took a hiatus, came back to Tillamook, and it was production, grind, we're doing this many batches a day and this is, this is what we got to do. And so that was <clears throat> like a different change. So we had to learn mm-hmm. it all over again. And then kind of after a few years there, I started to kind of, I d- actually didn't get into home brewing until I was production brewing. <laughs> I'm like the opposite story. People, yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, I started out home brewing. I didn't home brew until I was production brewing because I wanted a little bit more freedom because you got to just like, you got to like just bang out burn. the classics, yeah, you yeah. know, which is great. I mean, you you need to be able to production, have people to do that. Production brewing is hard. It it's is hard really work. hard to be able to get as many consistent, reliable beers. You know, that's uh, a big credit to all those guys that are doing all that production work. Uh, but being an R&D, I, I was starting to get a little like, I want to do something more, a little bit more hands-on. And so I, I came to Darren with a recipe, and I was like, I really want to make this, like, I don't know, cool Saison thing, but not a lot of esters. And not a lot of phenolics. And he's like, oh, well, you just ferment cooler and you do this and do that. And so we spitballed. And that was my first, like, intro to recipe uh, design concept. And so then we brewed it in Pacific City. I, was, I brewed it down there with those guys. And uh, it came out really well. And it won a medal. And I was like, uh-oh. I was, oh. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> uh-oh. What is, have I done? Is this, what, is this what we do? Is this what I can do? And... Uh, it was all of a sudden you were in, like, scratched where you didn't know you'd even need to be in. Yeah. Darren, I was like, Ooh. Darren, are we a Saison brewery now right. or what? <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, unfortunately not. We're not. But, uh, so it did really well, and I was like, God, man, that was really cool. And they're like, have you done that before? I'm like, no. I mean, I'm like home brewer and then production. And so it started going down that path of R&D stuff. I did a American Brewers Guild course for like working brewers. So I was able to work and then just do these classes online after work, mm-hmm. uh, which was really cool. Cause I didn't have to like quit my job to learn about the job that I just quit <laughs> to get then my job back. Right. So, <laughs> like it was a really cool course. Uh, and then it just happened that the guy up here was retiring and leaving. And I said like, well, I don't really know about R and D pub life, but Threw your name in. I'm, I'm willing to find Shoot out. Shoot your shot. Yeah. And they're like, all right, let's, let's try it out. And so that was, uh, yeah, that was like four years ago. And then just trying to thread the needle of developing beers that are, you know, relevant, but not like pandering to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a smoothie sour anywhere. So we, you've done we don't that. have a smoothie sour. So yeah. uh, thankfully, you know, that is uh, not on our horizon anytime soon. Good, good. Uh, but it's a, it's a lot of time just researching stuff, uh, looking at, you know, malt suppliers looking at hops that are going to come out, trying to get on the forefront of uh, the next style or the next ingredient that's going to do something cool and um, trying to connect with all these hop growers and maltsters and trying to like, that's where I really like to kind of nerd out is like 
talking to those people that are developing these products for us and like, because a lot of times they want feedback and they want to be able to talk to the brewers. And so I give them detailed feedback if we assess malts and they'll email me back and they're like, man, uh, nobody ever goes to that in depth about it. Or if we try out that, that lager you're drinking, that X-Hop, you know, I gave Indie Hops a kind of full report of, of how I brewed with it, when I entered the hops in, what aromas we're getting, all this kind of stuff. Because I'm like, they need that feedback too. Sure, sure. And they weren't used to that. So um, just trying to bridge that gap between all that stuff. And it's, it's challenging uh, for sure to be able to kind of do all that stuff plus be embedded in the pub. That's yeah. the other side of it is like pub life is, you know, you got to go to the bar if there's a pouring problem. I clean the tap lines. You know, if somebody has a table, has a lot of questions about beer, I go over and talk to them and that's all great. Uh, but you got to wear a lot of different hats, yeah, yeah. you know? So Corin Trad sitting down with us, R and D brewer here at Pelican. He's uh, his home is the Cannon beach pub. I'm good with people. Yes. <laughs> what's wrong with you people? <laughs> what is, uh, what's your favorite hop to, to brew with? <sighs> favorite hop to brew with, man. Um, Probably like Sabro. Alt- <laughs> uh, probably not. We did a trial with Sabro, and I guess we don't use it in our lineup, so I guess I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, favorite hop to brew with, probably just because I have the most experience with it, is like Mount Hoods. Oh, cool. Uh, I've brewed Kiwanda so many times that, you know, I, I can't even count, and we baby. use that. And so, like, when I want to make some sort of beer that's not just tropical fruity citrus, I'm like, God, those Mount Hoods are Ew, calling my name, you know? Uh <laughs> We made this kind of an Imperial Pilsner trial, and we used um, Herzbrucker and Mount Hoods. So we're like, what? A little bit of German, a little bit, little of, bit of, yeah, yeah. yeah, a little bit of North North America. So I think it's just a great hop, you know, and um, a long history of, of being grown in Oregon by hop growers. And so it's, I think it's a great hop. What What are your thoughts on Strata? Because that's a hop that the two of us have been really loving recently. And yeah. Yeah. that Patrick kind of calls it the like the perfect pairing hop because it Plays kind of well. elevates everything else around it. Plays yeah. well with others. What, what are your thoughts on Strata? I really like Strata. Um, we, we did a single hop Strata trial a few years ago, and we were like, whoa, this is, excuse me, this is really cool. And then we also did a, I think it was a couple years ago, we did a fresh hop with Strata uh, from Goshi Farms. You, we use like, for this system, we use 350 pounds of like fresh, wet hops and that beer was like pungent, I guess you could say. Yeah. It was it was an intense experience. Stanky, as it I was, like uh, to say. Yeah. It, was, it was definitely something that we were like, "Whoa, okay, this is that." That was like <clears throat> the first time we brewed with it. Was a fresh hop, and we're like, "Well, I guess we uh, find out about this beer." <laughs> yeah, uh, we really like it. You know, we're yeah. trying to put it in some more beers uh, because I I think you're right when you said like it kind of lifts all ships, so to yeah. speak, and. Uh, just has really cool character to it, and you guys with your ocean like puns. <laughs> did you mean to say that? I, I didn't, man. It's just—it's <laughs> just, the culture. It's the culture. It's, it's embedded you know? into the brain. Yeah. Uh, on that note, kind of talking about, um, you know, uh, in the business of selling beer, tell me about like your clientele. Tell me about you know, we, you talked a little bit about how people are clamoring and hammering for this Hefeweizen, which is why you guys ine- inevitably got to it. What do you see as an R and D brewer? that you keep in your mind about what the people that walk into this pub want, and if you notice difference between this pub and Pacific City. Uh, I, yeah, there is a difference. There's a difference between here, Tillamook, and Pacific City. Um, you know, so we usually make 
our kind of biggest selling beers on serving tanks in the pubs um, when they were doing that in PC. <clears throat> and for here, it's always it was always Kawanda and Peak Breaker. Those were like our two biggest sellers. That's what people drank. Pacific City, at that time, it was uh, Kawanda and Umbrella. Mm. More people down there drank on Umbrella. A little more hoppy drinkers up there. Um, and so it was just kind of interesting, you know, hour and a half away that there's that much of a difference. And then Tillamook recently has uh, so I made a, a Grotzer or Grojiskia, if you want to be technical about it, right? Um, and it sold okay here. It wasn't like selling like hotcakes like how I would want it. Tillamook, they, I mean, they love it. The tap room is just burning Weird. through kegs Weird. of this oak-smoked wheat beer. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's great. I was about to, like, get rid of this tank, and you guys saved it. And, uh, and so there's just a lot of different just clientels at each one. It's, it's just so funny that over not even that far of a distance, you're going to have people with different tastes. And uh, Cannon Beach is cream ale and double IPA. Yes. That's ridiculous. That's such an opposite thing. Like, Kawanda makes a ton of sense. I mean, it's the yeah. flagship brand. Yep. You know, Kawanda, that, yeah, I get that. Double IPA. I made a double it's hazy. Crushing, people bro. went bang for their buck, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I made, like, a double hazy trial. It's just like, uh -huh. uh, sure, we make double IPA, you make hazy. Let's make a double hazy. Yeah, let's see what we can do here. Same thing. Just Gone. suck down the tank. See, I'm I was like, to, what? I'm trying to drink all day. That's why I can't be crushing <laughs> I know, doubles. I know. Well, you can just drink doubles all day and be absolutely messed oh, up. Man. Oh, God. <laughs> that would be something. Or just, you can just get them in smaller glasses so it feels like you're drinking all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like that would be awesome as an R&D brewer to have that freedom with the multiple locations then because you can come up with a recipe. And even if it doesn't hit at one pub, you're kind of like, hey. I can still make this, and somewhere in our Pelican world, mm -hmm. this, will, this will be successful. Yeah, Ten Barrels is a lot of beer for one place, but not if you spread it out. If you spread it out, right, and then we get, um, you know, then we get different feedback. You know, then we'll mm -hmm. get feedback from Tillamook, go, okay, this, this is hot. This is going really well. PC will go, okay, well, this brand is selling really well for us. And so you can get a little bit of market feedback, even though we know we're in kind of a bubble here. You know, the beach is a bit of a... Mm -hmm. a bubble as mm -hmm. far but as But they're that. their own little, yeah. their own different bubbles. And so you That's get so feedback wild. from each one that kind of give a better idea of like, okay, well, the broader appeal of this beer is good or the broader appeal is not so good. Right. You know, if we're going to do something in like, uh, like a package, we want something that's got, you got to have broad appeal if you're in the grocery store. It's just, yeah, it's cutthroat. You yeah, know, it's, so wild, it's wild to think that, you know, Seaside's right up the road and you'd be totally different there. Yeah. Yep. Totally different. Exactly. Well, when you guys are opening Lincoln City, I'm sure there'll be different, That's gonna be different clientele there different. as well. Yeah, I'm exactly right. Yeah, I'm <clears> sure <throat> that will be different too. And so it's cool to find those little pockets of uh, feedback, you know, as far as beers go. And um, I guess touching your question from earlier as far as what I'm thinking about is, uh, you know, we, we did a Goza for the first time. Mm -hmm. And we had somebody email saying that they loved it. We're in Seattle. Where can I get it? Um, and so we've never done one before. And we're like, well, now we've got people emailing us that they really liked it. Um, so then that was kind of like a light bulb of like, well, maybe we should start to play around with that a little bit. Mm. You know, so it's, it's cool. A little summertime goes Be able to like, identify those things and be able to kind of like move forward with them on my own and go like, hey, guys, this is what I found out. This is what I think. I totally forgot I was going to ask something. And I totally <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I was going to say, we got beer that we're coming up. <clears throat> we're, we're getting close. So I got to ask uh, for you specifically here. What are your fresh hop plans? Ah, fresh hop plans. Uh, we're getting close. Oh, yeah, we are. We are scheduled to pick up some fresh hops in a couple weeks uh, from Goshi Farms. We always get them from Goshi. Only Goshi, huh? Yeah. Gail and Darren awesome have people. a long relationship. Gail's, like, just an 
awesome person. If you ever go out there and talk to her, she's just uh, like a quick little Gale story. As we were last time we were picking up fresh hops, she's walking through like the drying bed and she's picking up hops and feeling moisture content by feel. <laughs> and I was like, man, you really got to know what you're doing to have moisture content by feel. Obviously, yeah. they double check with machines, but. Uh, well, if you've been doing it for so long, you, that's just, how she, you right. just know, right? Yeah, she just knows. Like, oh, this is about this percentage. And I'm like, man, that's cool. Um, so, yeah, we're getting... I love it um, when you talk dirty to me. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually getting that, that hop that's in that dry hop uh, or that dry run X033. So it's uh, experimental hop from Indy, this X033 hop. And so we're doing a fresh hop with that in our first fresh hop lager that we've ever done. Uh. So we're doing fresh hop lager side by side next to a pelletized version of that same hop. So I think we'll, it'll be really cool dynamic see to see what it's like fresh, what it's like pelletized, both same house lager yeast, mm-hmm. and kind of see, see where it goes from there. Very cool. Well, let's, uh, let's try the Hef in uh, Beer of the Week next, okay? Yeah, That's uh, coming up next. Beers and us, Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris, and Corin sitting along for Beer of the Week. Here's to the journey up an estuary, over a dune, or down a road less traveled. Hi, we're Pelican Brewing, and we've veered off the hop trail to explore the wonders of wheat. Introducing Head Out American Hefeweizen. With notes of melon, spice, and a crisp wheat finish, there's a new aha around every corner. Head Out Hef. It's a Pacific Coast thing. If you don't go, you'll never know. Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the beach. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Corin's sitting with us as we have the Head Out Hefeweizen right in front of us right now. Very interested to give this a go. Um, Some really cool, like, hop aromatic. Yeah, there is. Yeah. That I don't think you ever get in, like, an American-style Hefeweizen. Not usually, no. It just smells like lemons. And I you're get like, it. cool. I get, like, this bright. I get, like, a lot of lemon-lime character. Yeah. Like, citrus, a melon. Um Melon's a good call. I get that big time in the aroma. Oh, and even in the flavor profile yeah. as well. Boy, I haven't had a Hef in a long time. I'm like trying to remember what a Hef tastes like. I don't right? drink this style. And, you I'm know, like, I work now for Grains of Wrath, and uh, we do a Hef, uh, and it is true Bavarian style. So, it, you Delicious. know, I, I try that, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is way different than what I'm used to. Yep. Um, yeah, but it still has this, uh, this Hef still has like this really nice, body to it but also soft mouthfeel you know it's like all that wheat in there yeah i kind of get almost like a little candied apricot something mm-hmm. like very that. very nice i have to put that on the descriptor ooh, ooh, very nice ooh. just trying to sell you beer right yeah. i mean it is my job that right? is what i do these you got to sell beer you got to not not sell beer <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and it's very light you know it's like that sub five percent bracket that people when they want to drink light beer it seems like it's got to be under five. Well, this really gives the lemon characteristic. It comes through really well, too. Right. Like on the nose, yes, but, like, that initial first sip is like, ooh, there's the lemon. It hits you right away, which is kind of what you want when you drink this kind of beer. And where, where yeah. are these flavors coming from? Like, I know you mentioned the Ella Hop, mm-hmm. um, but where is that real melony, that softness? Where would you attest to that in the brewing process? Um, so it, a lot of it's made up in our grain bill, right? So it's just two row and then uh, a bunch of malted white wheat. Um, so that the malted white wheat really gives that like uh, like bready, creamy, mm-hmm. kind of really nice smooth mouth feel. And then those L hops really drive some of those citrusy 
kind of melony type of stuff. And we also, I don't know how much we advertise it, but uh, we actually use Kaviki yeast in this. Oh, okay. Oh. But we ferment it cooler um, than like the recommended, you know, thousand degrees or whatever you're supposed to ferment it at. But we ferment it a little bit cooler to kind of subdue a little bit of those uh, mm. kind of yeast esters because we want it there, but we don't want it to be the driving force. You know what I mean? But it, and we found by fermenting a little bit cooler in some of our trials that it really gives a lot of that really nice kind of fruity, aromatic, candied apricot sort of vibe and is able to kind of maintain this beautiful haze. That's an interesting thing because I talked to, by the way, thank you for keeping it hazy. You know, the original, the OG. I mean, <clears throat> it's like the only time I'm cool with a non clear right? beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny. you. It's funny you mentioned the Kavik because I was chatting with Darren when I worked at Breakside year, a couple years ago. We were, he was working on some collab with Ben or something, and they were talking about Kavik. And I was asking him, you know, kind of about it because it was this new thing that mm -hmm. nobody really knew about. And I was like, you know, how is it working with Kavik? He's like, I got no idea. You throw it at the wall and see what happens. How far have you guys come in those trials? Don't make the man with, laugh while he's <laughs> How far have you guys come in those trials with Kavik? Is it does it seem like you got more of an idea of what's going on with it? Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, it's it's a great yeast. You know, we were uh, hesitant for a while about it, and I mm -hmm. I would will kind of say that I was a big advocate, saying like, "Hey, man, like this this yeast, I think there's something to it. Uh, just the the character that it brings, and the flavors, and the aromas." of the beers that I had, because I had really good experiences trying it, and mm -hmm. some of the other people in the group had bad experience. Mm -hmm. So they're like, I oh, don't know, man. I get all this vinyl shower curtain weird stuff. And I'm like, I never got that. So we were trying to, like, uh, you know, commiserate how to how we do this. And so um, we just – I did a try – I actually did a beer with um, somebody else at a different brewery with Kavik Yeast, um, and it came out great. And try, I was trying to, like, hey – this is what it can be. See, I promise. I promise. Right? And so they're like, man, that's really good. And so we started doing trials with it and then started to tweak it. Plus, we have a, a you guys have seen it till like a, a pretty substantial lab. Mm -hmm. So we can do a lot more testing um, about what it's doing, how far it's fermenting, uh, repitchability, you know, that those kind of things that on a production sale, you got to think about. In a right. pub, you're like, I'm like one and done pretty much. <laughs> but in production, you're like, okay, but we got to use this yeast a lot yeah for a lot of tanks i need at least you know eight to ten gens we need this. some generations yeah. out yeah. of this and so those trials kind of prove that we can uh, harvest effectively with our practices and it gives us really good character that we want um and yeah i mean it was well, not what we were expecting to use in a half but like i said if it <clears throat> if it gives you the flavors and aromas and the end goal that we want then we're not, we don't try and get hung up on, well, this isn't technically the yeast you're supposed to use. Right. You know what I mean? Because I feel no like. supposed to in America. Right. We it's do like, what we, we want. We can do whatever beer. we want. That's why whatever. the Germans hate our beer, and I think our beer is better than theirs. <laughs> it's just my opinion. Uh, right. But so that's what we were going for. And we're like, <laughs> I, guess, I guess I am. You're doing on like that. nine soapboxes now. I guess I am now. doing that. You're taller than I am at this point. I guess I am. Okay, cool. You made the Hellas. Well, we make it better. <laughs> just say it. Is that, is that the part of this specific beer that kind of surprised you the most going into it? Was the yeast, or was there something that after you were finished with it, you were like, wow, this flavor came out that I wasn't really expecting? I wasn't expecting as much melon character. I thought it was going to be just bright citrus, and that was going to be kind of what we were, that was going to be kind of it. And, um, as a, and as a style that now has a reputation of being 
borderline of fruit beer. Right. <clears throat> or adding fruit post, like your lemon squeeze, yep. like the Widmer Classic thing. Yep. This tastes like you've already done it. That's, I mean, you know? that's what we were also kind of going for without, like... Uh, you don't need a lemon wedge on the side of the right. glass. Yeah. We, we didn't really want to go too far and, like, kind of put that out there and say that because it's like, you know, we have a lot of respect for Widmer and mm-hmm. everything that they've done, and, and they've paved the way for a lot of a lot of brewers in the state. Um but yeah, it is kind of like that half you don't need that lemon for. And so we were doing that without explicitly saying we were doing that. We're like, okay, well, we don't want, you know, Darren's a big, if the beer isn't good enough that you need to add something to it, then that beer has got to be better. Mm. Um, not a knock on people that add lemon sure. or orange or whatever, but it's like for our beers, it's like we don't want to have to add something to make it a good beer. And those <laughs> things, you know, I would argue like, you know, limes with Mexican sure. oh, lagers yeah. as well. Sure. I would argue those are more of like a marketing thing than anything. Oh, yeah. Sink yeah. the Corona and uh, cool, do your bro. cool thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I put lime in Mexican lagers. So, I mean. I put lime in domestic Mexican yes. lagers. Yeah. Well, there's the new craze, man. Everybody's making that like uh, mm-hmm. vienna e Modelo style <laughs> Mexican lager, which I'm really, really into. <laughs> Uh, is I was going to ask this last uh, during the interview during the last segment, but I forgot. Uh, you were talking about you know making the the saison was like the first thing you brought to the table to Pelican way back when you when you started working here. Is there a recipe that you are most proud of that you were the one who were like we got to do this beer and, and and either it's either still going out now or it was just so good and you were so proud that you made it. Man, um, man, that's a good question. Uh, there's probably a I mean probably a couple ones so. One would probably be one of them that's up there in my mind, at least, is this uh, the Miyu Hapashu. We have this honey rice lager on that's right now. Oh, I saw some um, some bottles in the fridge. Yeah, I had that yeah. last time I came out here last year, and it was really good. And I'm I'm not a huge rice lager guy, but I was like, honey rice lager? Yeah, that sounds interesting to try. It was yeah, really so tasty. I kind of like developed that out of uh, I was just having sushi in Sherwood. That's where my parents live. That's where I grew up. And there was this this spot to crazy sushi, and. Uh, we went there and like the dessert was kind of like we're at the bar and it's like orange slices with honey and I'm drinking like an Asahi or Sapporo or something like as you do at a sushi place and I'm drinking that and eating that together and I was like what if we just make that a beer like honey orange super crispy rice lager and then I saw I kind of came out of that with like an idea and then the I kind clouds of clouds parted and you right went, I see it I mean it doesn't happen all the time but when it does you're like all right. Well, so then I got down that rabbit hole of like, how do I make that happen? And so I, I did a lot of work to try and get it to the point where I wanted it to. And then I brewed with it and it came out really good. I was extremely happy, sent it to the honey beer competition and won a medal. And I was like, God, this is amazing. And then like COVID hit and then we didn't make it. It was going to be a thing last year. It wasn't. And now, you know, we, the guys in Tillamook made it as close to one of my trial batches that I've kind of seen them do, which is hard in a production setting in a very delicate beer. And so those guys are just, I mean, it's a lot to ask of them to take like care of every little tiny aspect. Especially when you throw things in like adjuncts. Right. Oh, here's honey. Oh, here's some rice. Oh, here's some orange zest. Right. Okay. So this is what you got to do. And they're like, dude, this is not our normal thing. (laughs) Because for me, I got the time. Like I can mess around. I can do all this stuff. I got time. And they're like, we have a production schedule. (laughs) (laughs) So that one is up there for sure. I think number two would probably be the Brood Abides. 
was a yes, that's you. That's you. Yeah, that, I love that. We've beer. had that yeah. on this oh, on this awesome. pod multiple times. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we like uh, that beer. That was like just we were coming up with cocktail beers, and I was like. White Russian, and then I immediately think Big Lebowski. Of course. Right. Uh, and so I just kind of went with that and riffed on that and then just kind of developed those flavors around a White Russian, and it came out great, and people loved it. Yeah, that, was, it, it's really cool because so I'm, I'm a huge stout guy. Yeah. That's my go-to style, and I'm just like, when I had that beer, I was like, wow, I love Big Lebowski. White <laughs> Russians are great. <laughs> Miss Beerman does everything I, I want. It's such an interesting thing because I tend to be the – traditional lager and northwest west coast ipa guy mike tends to be the malt forward bigger batter barrel age plus some plus some hoppy stuff as well but we meet in the middle at milk stouts i i I don't drink a ton of dark (laughs) beer that's awesome the only real dark beer i drink are like dark traditional lagers schwarz dunkels things like that Mm. um i don't drink a ton of dark beer but there's just something about milk stouts that get me going and i don't even like sweets and desserts all that much but milk stouts get me going, and so that one—that's awesome. That was we're you. into that one. Yeah, that's yeah. so that's so great. And yeah, milk stouts can be tricky because you you have to tiptoe that line. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to be overly sweet, where you're like, I taste like I have kind of creamy milk mm-hmm. flavor. You don't want that, but you want it to add texture and flavor. So right. it's like you have to kind of weave that a little bit. But oh my goodness, I've met the man who created the brew to buy. <laughs> yes, you have. That makes me excited. There you go. All right, well, this is the head out half of Eisen. It's delightful, by the way. I already finished my little taster of it. Um, great flavors. I really like the melon aspect of it. Like Excellent. That, the, the lemon hits right away, and then you, you, it's like, to me, I'm getting like a little cantaloupe. Like, it's like yeah. that's the flavor that kind of comes through. I feel like that adds a, a, it's like a unique twist to the classic American style half, though. So I think it's good. Uh, keep an eye out. It's going to be on shelves. You said year round, it's going to be a year yeah. round beer. So. Yeah. And we're, we're tying it into this summer into uh, this, the Trail Keepers of Oregon kind of program. So they're like a nonprofit, and they maintain, build uh, all these trails around Oregon. And so Excellent. they're doing a lot of cool trail parties up in this, uh, in this section. And like, Including you know, Ecola State Park, looks like. Yep. yep. We're down in Neocani, Ecola, uh, doing a lot of cool like trail parties. And then, like the Head Out Hef is kind of is the perfect kind of trail party beer, really. Yeah, I trail mean, party and crush some half. Pre or during or after. I mean, whatever you want to do. You know, the whole time. <laughs> you know. Make sure you're still restoring the trails, not getting too drunk. But Can we exactly. stop hiking? I need to start drinking. <laughs> Can we start hiking? I need to keep drinking. Yeah. There you <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you, Corin. It's been a lot of fun coming out here. Uh, and uh, you've been awesome on the podcast. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back next week, Thursday at 4 o'clock. I'm not sure what we're doing next week yet. We might just be recounting the brew process from we'll have to figure Fairlight, it out right? Because I'm leaving on <laughs> Tuesday. Great. Nice. I might be doing the podcast by myself next week. <laughs> uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll plan that out. But yeah, tomorrow morning, we're going to brew. Oh, nice. Here of the week. Here of the week. Uh, parallel version. Universe. Parallel Universe. Uh, out with Parallax. So maybe I'll talk about that next week. Hot Scotchies. Yes. Ready to, ready to 9 a.m. Hot Scotchies. Oh, you guys are going to have a day. Yeah. yeah. I have to go to work after. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Subscribe, rate, review wherever you find us. And we'll see you guys next week. Keen says. There it is. This episode has been brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. This concludes our three-month partnership with them. We did three total episodes with them. First two were at Tillamook and this final one at Cannon Beach, so you can go back and hear the other two if you missed it. Thanks to Pelican for all the hospitality over the last couple of months. It's been an absolute blast going out to the coast, having some good beer and talking to some really, really, really cool people. So hopefully you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you guys next week.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.